Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in our number two of the program here on Monday. My fault. I played the wrong news. Blame me for that. But uh, we will be turning on the light with Jack Spillane coming up in the next hour. Until then, it's all about you at 508-996-0500 via app chat or open line on the WBSM app. And we were talking about the story I have up at WBSM.com and on the app about the neighbors abutting the Dartmouth Carnival in the Dartmouth Mall parking lot, upset about it being in this new location and uh, and causing havoc in their lives. So we can talk more about that. We've got some phone calls, people that were waiting from the last hour, so we'll go right to the phones. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, uh, my name's Devin. I actually live on Norman Street, which is directly behind the carnival. Mm-hmm. So I am one of these neighbors that is experiencing this uh you know, this inconvenience. So, so tell us what it is that you're dealing with over there. So, um, more so my elderly neighbors across the street. So I am facing the carnival, but their backyard is actually right against the carnival. They have been there for over, you know, 40 years. They're in their eighties. They have severe asthma. One of them has a heart condition. The base is it's insane. I mean, pictures are rattling off of the walls. My animal can't rest. Um, you know, people on, on on Dartmouth Helping Dartmouth's Facebook page have really given their support. And, and, and then I see, you know, we're interviewed on our street, and the comments that you guys are receiving on the phone 107 post is really not fair. I don't think that everyone understands how close we are. You know, looking at pictures, it looks like there's a large buffer between the carnival in the Dartmouth Mall parking lot to our house, but there's not. There's no buffer. Yeah, I tried when I wrote the story. I tried to express that. I mean, it's you can. I think you might have rang my doorbell and I wasn't home. I, I did. I was, on my ring camera. I was trying to talk. I was. I wasn't sure if the camera was going to record, so I was trying to like leave my number for you to call oh. me. So I was probably just talking, and you feel like, "What is this guy saying? I have no idea what he's doing." <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I can. You know, where you are, literally, I was saying, I could, I could spit from from the end of your driveway and hit one of the rides. Right. And, and I think a lot of people are missing the point. We do not want the carnival not to take place. I've lived in my home for 11 years. I, you know, I'm one of the newer neighbors. Some of these people have been there for 40 years. We don't want the carnival to end. We've never, ever, ever had a problem with it when it was in the Aldi parking lot. But now all of a sudden, it gets moved. We don't receive any notice and we feel, we feel like we don't matter. You know, we're taxpayers. We, we're, we're a tight knit 
you know, neighborhood, a dead-end street with a mixed population of, of elderly, very young children and people with various medical conditions, such as autism. I mean, the house that's right in front of the carnival, their daughter has autism. The flashing lights, that's a problem. And I don't understand how people on, you know, on the phone of seven post after you interviewed our neighbors don't see that as, as just one of the problems. I mean, the fumes from the generator with my, with my elderly neighbor having asthma, like these are problems. Yeah. And so one of the things that has come up and and, and again, we we can we can talk about some of those comments. I mean, I think some of them are just ridiculous and they have no no sympathy for you at all in that situation. I mean, they're saying things like, wow, imagine if they live next to the feast. Well, didn't you purposely buy the home where you did so that you wouldn't, you know, live next to, say, the Portuguese feast? Right. And then they say, you know, oh, well, you know, you you live next to a mall. You should be used to the noise. I mean, in in the 11 years I've lived there. I, I probably hear maybe once a month, you know, these kids going around in their cars, you know, causing, you know, exhaust and donuts and stuff like that. That lasts maybe five minutes because the mall security has been, you know, pretty good at taking care of those noises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't we don't experience that. It's not loud. It's, it's a very quiet neighborhood. So this was like a shock to us that, you know, the sign went up a few days before. Some of our neighbors reached out prior to the event and said, whoa, what's going on? Because at first we weren't concerned. The mall always stores, you know, containers and stuff in that corner. So when we saw the carnival um, rides being stored back there, we thought, you know, it's just being stored. It's going to be moved back to its original location. None of us, you know, really thought it was a problem until... One of you know, one neighbor said, "You know what? I'm going to go to the town. I'm going to ask these questions." And she didn't like, you know, the responses that she received. Well, one of the things that has popped up is people have asked, "Well, so what if they gave them advance notice? If they knew about it, what are they going to do? Leave their home for 11 days? No, but if you knew about it, wouldn't that have given you the opportunity to voice these concerns? And then maybe, Absolutely. maybe it would have been moved." Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, they keep stating, the town keeps stating that this is on private property. You know, I have a job that I have to apply for special event permitting, and they want to know the the entrance of, of, of the event, the exit of the event. They want a, a map, a drawing of where stuff is going to be located, and if they don't like it, they do not approve a permit. So, you know, that's that's another thing that... I'm not really happy with, and I do have a call uh, with with a select board, I think at 1.30 today, they have reached out to me this morning and said that they are going to call me because I have a signed petition with over 15 neighbors saying that, listen, we don't want the carnival to end. We know that these children need a place, an outlet, you know, to have fun. We want this to keep going, but just not in our back or front yard. So There's so many places to put it. The, the way that Sean McDonald responded in, in the Dartmouth Helping Dartmouth Facebook group was that uh, that this was lazy permitting on the part of the Fiesta shows, that they waited till the last minute. So do you feel then if that's the case, you know, should the selectmen of, uh, select board have stood up to them and said, well, you know what, if you're going to wait to the last minute, we don't have time to go over this properly. It just can't have it happen. I do feel like that should happen. You know, like I said, for work, I apply for permitting. I apply for annual permitting on maybe, you know, more so than, than special permitting. And, and they, these other cities and towns, they push back. They say, you know what? If you didn't meet that deadline, we're not fulfilling your request. It's, it's simple. Right. And, and I have to, I have to comment. Sean has been great. It's his weekend. He doesn't need to respond to us, but there's been, you know, an outpour of our neighbors reaching out and we want answers. And, and Sean has been great. He really has been. You know, I, I hope that I hope that all of you know all of our concerns and our questions and his response to, to my particular post, you know, causes you know enough concern that we are able to voice our 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 issues, you know, with the location for next year, and we're considered and we're heard. 
And I, I did. I thought it was great that he was willing to just stand right up and say, hey, I don't like it there. And right. I didn't know that it was going to be there either. And I'm not going to support it being there in the future. Right. And, and I, I do. I appreciate him, you know, responding and, and you know, everything he's, he's helped with this far just, just from, you know, hearing us out. That's, all, that's really all that we want. You know, we, we've sent emails. I have that petition signed by, you know, just 15. I spent my entire Saturday morning going around to all of my neighbors. They were inviting me into my into their houses. They were very upset, including my, you know, my the elderly neighbors, the one that house is the most affected by this. I, I, I see her on a weekly basis. She was shaking, you know, with, with the, the incident that happened last year with the shooting. I mean, when I left there, I said, listen, this was the day before the carnival started. If you need anything, you call me and let me know. And, you know, she made a joke. She was like, maybe I'll have cigarette butts flying into the yard and my house will catch on fire. Or who knows, maybe, maybe a, a bullet will come flying through my window. Those are not jokes. You know, right. this is our house. And, and and so I think part of the, you know, what people are looking at uh, from the outside is they're looking at this as it being, you know, a, a bunch of entitled neighbors who don't want to have this happening in their backyard. They don't right. understand all the ins and outs of it. And that, again, for years you had no problem with it in its previous previous location. Never. And and so this, these signatures that you collected, was this to keep it from happening in that spot again? Or are you actually trying to get it moved this particular year? So I, I, I honestly don't think anything is going to happen this year. I mm -hmm. mean, what I am going to have a conversation with the select board, hopefully today at 1.30 when he said he was going to call me, is to maybe give us, uh, you know, an idea of when the carnival is supposed to end. They've never posted their hours. We know that they're working off of a special event permit, and we don't know, you know, what what closure time that allows. I mean, are we can, can they be open until midnight? I don't know. Can they can they be told to close at nine o'clock now that all these complaints have come in? I mean, I don't know, you know, and I, and I think we want to know when is it supposed to close? When are people supposed to leave our neighborhood? I mean, and, and back to the, the incident that took place last year, when that shooting happened, people were so freaked out. They were fleeing into our neighborhood. If, if something like that was to happen again this time, I mean, they could jump the fence and, and end up in our backyard. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it is good that the, the Dartmouth police do have a, a command center set up there now. So they okay. will be on scene throughout the course of the, of, of the carnival. Uh, but one of the, one of the things that I think people are also looking at too is they're saying, well, look at what happened with the Whaling City Festival and the neighbors around there complain about that as well. But there's a significant distance between where the Whaling City Festival happens and the neighborhood houses around it. Again, this is something that's happening right right outside your home i'm sure you know you being there at the end of the road you are hearing everything coming through your windows the music as you said the vibrations the bass the screams it's probably something that you are hearing despite your attempts to drown it out oh absolutely i mean i have to have the tv on so high that that's giving me anxiety let alone my entire house is you know the bass is vibrating the, the whole house and I mean, my neighbor made a comment when you interviewed him that his seven-year-old daughter, you know, so he wants to sleep in bed with him because it sounds like someone's being murdered out there. And everyone's commenting, saying, you know, I, I, I wish that we were next to a carnival and could hear happy, you know, happy screams. These, these kids are on these rides and they're petrified because the rides are scaring them, even though it's fun for them. These are not normal screams like they're having a great time. I mean, they're screaming. Right. It, it sounds like someone's being hurt. And, and as I said, you know, I was there Saturday. I could hear it all up and down the street. And that's with none of the rides that were actually, you know, directly abutting your neighborhood. None of those rides were actually 
had any riders on them. It was all coming from the you know the Ferris wheel and the right. the ring over there and the um, mostly the 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 I you know my mom calls them the salt and pepper shakers, the two things that kind of go in opposite directions and yep. flip all around. Uh, so those those rides alone are generating those screams. I can only imagine when people are on the Thunderbolt or the Zipper or any of those and they're oh, screaming directly it's, next to your home. It's, it's something else. It is. It's something else. And like I said, I don't want to be labeled and neither do my neighbors want to be labeled as being, you know, a Karen, so to speak. We we want this carnival and I cannot stress that enough to happen for these children and for the children in my neighborhood. But I mean, just be a little bit more considerate and give us notice of this. Absolutely. Well, please, uh, my email is tim at wbsm.com. Keep me up to date or reach out to me on Facebook. Keep me up to date with how it goes with the uh, select board today. And, and thank you so much for, for reaching out and, you know, uh, you know, giving us your support and at least listening to us. Cause really that's, that's, that's what we feel like we, you know, that we're just not getting. We feel like we're an oversight that we're just not cared about. And, and we should not, you know, we, 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 all these should be considered, of course. You know, they're a business. They're taxpayers as well. But some of our neighbors have been there for 40 years. We, Our voices should be heard, too. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you thank for the you call. Thank you so much. You have thank a good day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. And again, we can take more of your calls on this at 508-996-0500. If, uh, if you want to call in and chime in again, it's, you know, it's easy to look at this from the outside and say, Oh, come on. Just some people having fun. What are you against fun? But it's a little bit different when it's your home that's being disrupted by something that you didn't expect to happen. Something that you assume that when you saw the carnival was coming or you know the carnival is coming because it comes every year, that it's going to happen in the same spot it's been happening in every year. And so this this would directly affect any of you. Any of you that have this happening right next to your home, I think you're lying when you, or you're not being fully truthful when you say, I'd love to live next door to this. I don't know that you would. You know, maybe on Friday or Saturday night when it first happens, it's fun, it's exciting. But the more it goes on, the more you're going to say, all right, enough already. And to these neighbors, you know, they've got concerns enough right from the beginning to say enough already. Uh, one of the things that I dealt with when I was younger is I lived for a couple of years right next to Otis Air Force Base. So I lived there for a summer. You know, I'd moved. I moved in the summertime to a home in Forestdale right outside Otis Air Force Base. And I lived there for a little over a year. So we lived there before, you know, we decided to move to Wareham. So we lived there for, I don't know, like 14, 15 months. And so for two summers, I experienced what it's like when the air show happens. And the air show, you know, so we knew that it was coming. We knew that it was going to happen. And we're used to hearing planes break the the sound barrier over our home all day long every day it just was something that happened we were used to it and the first time the air show came it was great sit out on your back deck and you watch them practice for the air show and it's great it's fun and so it's like you get a free show the blue oh my god the blue angels are over our house and we get to we get to sit here and watch them practice for two hours this is amazing this is great but then the second year came and, you know, again, you get a couple of days of it and then you're like, all right, okay, enough already. Enough already. Um, I'm trying to do things here. And, and that's happening during the daytime. So that's the only thing I can liken it to. And then when I moved to Wareham, I lived right on the train tracks, like right on the train tracks. I don't know, maybe 25, whatever the legal limit is of how close you can live to a train, to train tracks. That's how close I lived. And it was the train that would go to Seamass every day, you know, the Cape Cod trash train. 
and it would go by multiple times a day. And it wasn't at exact intervals. It wasn't at the same time every day. And it would shake the whole house. And I love trains. I do. I love them. It was really cool at first, but it got old very, very quickly. But again, that's expected. You know that moving into it. You know that going there. And in fact, I, you know, nowadays I kind of, I would love that. I would love to have that happen uh, just because I'm even more of a train nut than I was back then. But this isn't that. This isn't knowing those things are going to happen. This is having it thrust upon you, foisted upon you. When for years it was on the other side and it was never an issue. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. Uh, Answered 7 in the cushion says, Tim, I think the carnival is in a bad area. It should be near the road where everyone can see as they drive by. In the corner, no one sees it and there are more areas that people can hide and do trouble. I think the carnival should be in the open parking lot right near the entrance. And and I... I think that that would have been a fair place to put it. If you had put it, I mean, I I guess that would create a little bit more of a pedestrian hazard because if you put it in the lot behind the AMC sign that's right at the mall entrance on, on Fonts Corner Road, you probably had enough space for the footprint of where the carnival is. The parking would have to be like over near Skechers and over on that side. Uh, because you wouldn't want people parking immediately and keeping them from getting into stores like Panera, T-Mobile, uh, the Party City store, and then on the front side, the Aldi lot. So you would want to have people parking across, and then you've got people walking constantly across the entrance to the mall. So I could see where that might be kind of an issue. And you couldn't, you didn't really want to put it on the other side of, like behind Skechers on that side of that northern wall, because there's homes there too. So I think really the the place where it was happening was the the most sustainable place. But if all these are as a, a rent payer for the mall and they don't want it in front of their store, what what can you do? I can tell you this: all these not opposed to having things in front of their home uh, in front of their store. They had us there for the um, Hunger Heroes food drop, and they were great to work with. So it's not it's not that they are opposed to it. It's just you know that that would be a serious impact on their business maybe the mall isn't the best place to have a carnival 508-996-0500 um i'll take some calls before i take a break good morning you were on wbsm hello hi tim how are you uh, good first of all my comment is i feel for those people in the neighborhood there's plenty of other places to put that uh carnival they could have put it in front of all these or in front of next to Taco Bell, way out in the front, we're more visual from the street. Mm-hmm. But I think it, the whole thing was uh, was brought up, and and the ball was dropped by the people getting permits late and people not wanting to have to deal with it right away. Right, I think that's probably another, the biggest factor. Yeah. Yeah. On another note, I'm, I was laughing when you said about the train how it gets near your house. About 30-something years ago, my brother said to me, oh, you guys are going up to Old Orchard Beach? Go to this place. It's really cheap. So we called up and found out this hotel was real cheap. And everybody around it was like four times the money. And right up in Old Orchard Beach, they have their own carnival. So I'm thinking, well, there's got to be something wrong with it, so we'll go up and check it. Sure enough, it was a nice place. We get in there and everything that the lights the lamps were screwed to the table the, the 
pictures were screwed to the wall, and I'm like, boy, what is this, high theft area? And then at midnight, the train went rumbling by, and you look out the bathroom window, and it was literally eight feet from you. And the reason that everything was cheap is because nobody ever wanted to stay there. And so they lowered their price just to get some money. And the, the joke of the whole area was, tell your friends to stay here and get a good laugh when they complain to you that, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. At midnight and at 5 in the morning, the train goes rushing by. So I can understand how it you know, affects property values and stuff, and it gets old real quick. By the second night, I was sick and tired of trains. So that's just my comment about your about your train situation. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this too. As much as I was uh, saying that, um, there's there's a house in Sandwich that I love, and I forget the name of the road, but when I was delivering newspapers for my dad at night, I would go buy it every night, and it's, it's in the middle of, like, there's a big open space, and there's a little house, and the train goes right by it. Like, you could reach out your window and touch the train, and I, I say all the time, like, if I could have any house, it would be that one. So maybe maybe I uh, didn't get enough of it in my younger days that I, uh, uh, I want to do it again. It was It was quite comical when the train went by, and my wife at the time said, oh, my God, what the hell is that? And then I busted out laughing because you can't see the train tracks because it's, you know, it's behind everything. There's no back entrance to this little motel thing. So lesson learned. Yeah. Listen to my brother. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Have a good day. Have a good day. Uh, callers, hang on. We will get to you. I just want to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a few moments, and we'll get right into your phone calls, I promise. Be back in a few moments. And back to your calls at 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I'll get back to the carnival. The carnival was at uh, Sears parking lot in the front. You remember You remember that? Mm-hmm. So it would be like more toward, um, like in front of where the auto center is, so what, what Aldi is now. Uh, right, where uh, where um, it would be on the Quan's Corner side, you would be able to see it, Route mm-hmm. Six and Quan's Corner. And they used to let the people stay there in back of the old Sears garage. You remember that? Yep. Okay, so they don't let them stay there this year. Those guys are going back and forth, uh, forty-five minute commute. They're in Attleboro. They have to stay there. Wow. The reason the reason why they don't have no food is because it took one guy and a food vendor. To mess it up for everybody. What happened was, here he wasn't up to par. He wasn't up to the standards where he was supposed to be. He made him tear it down. When he turned it all down, as soon as they left, he set everything back up. And they fined him for that. And that's why they have no food. It's a shame they don't have any food. It's uh, and, and it's a shame that they're way, way in the back of that lot. And the only reason why they're in there, way in that, that spot they're at, is because there's a certain company, I'm not mentioning any names, that owned that lot, that owned that Pacific place where they're at right now. That's why they're there. If it wasn't for them, they wouldn't be there this year. Yeah, so that's, that's what we had heard. We heard that it was, I mean, I'll say it, it was Macy's, that Macy's right. owned that lot and that Macy's made the agreement with the carnival. So what happened with the food was they had it set up, the the food inspectors came by to give them the, the permit, something wasn't up to par, and then they failed that particular stand and then, that particular stand tried to go back up, or is that? Yes, they don't. They didn't go. They, they, they put it back up. And what happened was they came back. They ended up finding him, shutting him down for like shutting him down for good. So that's why there's no food there. So they messed it up for everybody else. 
So was was there only was there only one food stand, or this was one of of the different food stands? No, it's it's a different. It was a different food stand. I don't know. Once again, I don't want to mention any names. Sure. But it was a, it was a different food stand. But um, they had uh, like like the cotton candy, the candy apples, the 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 fried dough, the sausage, peppers and onions. I mean, that was working out great. Every you know it was good. I'm pretty sure you know a lot of people enjoyed the food. And what I'm hearing now, getting a lot of feedback. Is there's no food there? The tickets are expensive. It's blah blah blah. They're way in the back. They're not going to go next year. Hey, it is what it is. But I just want to put that out there. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you. You have a good day. And you as well. And again, you know, I always I always caution people that when when folks call in with inside information, you know, we do have to take it with a grain of salt because we don't confirm. Um, who they are or their associations too, but it it sounds like you know it makes sense to me, and um, and if that's the case, if one person ruined it for everybody, uh, that's that's a shame because you know you would think that even if they don't want you serving food like you know making sausage and peppers, they always have that big flat top grill where you watch them make it, or making French fries or making fried dough, that they'd still be able to sell package things like cotton candy or candy apples. Uh, because usually you can get a different food permit for that. Um, but it, it seems like, you know, from what that caller was saying, it was one person did ruin it for everybody. But we'll find out more about that as we, as we go along, I'm sure. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, Tim. I'm, I'm just calling to say the lady that called about the noise mm-hmm. and all, and you know, at night, you know. Uh, but I'm thinking, she, uh, they'll be moving. We're down here on 18, seven days a week. Motorcycles, sirens, and whatever. And we can't move. So she should just wait until they move out. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, also, though, you know when you move into that area that you're going to no, have those kind of things. but because we're low income, we can't afford to move out. Well, I mean, I don't know that these folks could afford to move out either. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, I'm just saying, tell her to come down here and live on 18. Okay, well, I appreciate the call. Okay. Thank you. Have a Bye. good day. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to turn it into a, you know, who has a worse life situation contest. I mean, that was that was what people were trying to say when they were saying, well, you imagine living next to the feast. Well, they, they don't have to imagine living next to the feast because they don't. That'd be like saying to somebody, you know, uh, imagine living next to an airport. Well, but I purposely didn't buy a home next to an airport because I don't want to live next to an airport. So I don't I don't think that that argument holds water that, you know, the, the, well, it could be worse. Yeah, it, it also could be better. You know how it could be better is if they just did the same thing they did every other year before. That's the point here. It's not about whether or not there should be a carnival there. As the, as the neighbor who called in said, they it's, they all want the carnival to be there. Nobody's against the carnival. They just want it to be where it was before. So it's not right up against their home, which I think is a reasonable request. 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Hi, Tim. How are you? Hanging in. Um one thing I want to ask you, how come they can't put that carnival at um, Butwood Park? Well, because that's that's 
that's a whole different thing. So they they want to come into the town of Dartmouth. They're coming into the town of Dartmouth. So going, bringing it to Buttonwood Park would be a totally different situation because now you are getting permitting through the parks department, and it's much more of a process than to be able to go to a, a, a business and say, you know, we want to set up shop in your parking lot. Plus, they already have the, you know these years of working with with the Dartmouth Mall. It's probably automatic at this point. I know, but it's just so congested anyway. It's a, I think it was always ridiculous when I saw it. The only the only place that looked kind of okay was in what that man just said in Sia's parking lot. Yeah, on the back there, and then um, where the um, the old place where you brought your car to be fixed. Yeah, but it it seems like Aldi had a problem with it being over there. I don't know how the mall operates anyway, so I guess because they have priority because they're paying the mall to rent space in the mall, so their money counts, right? Yeah, well, and I think probably, too, that if you are, and I don't know this for sure, but based on what people are saying about Macy's, if you lease property in the mall, you probably are leasing, you know, in some of these anchor stores, you're probably leasing the parking lot around it, too. So does that mean that, you know, Aldi controls the parking lot over there and so Aldi can say, no, we don't want it here? I mean, we, we got permission from Aldi to be outside their store to do the Hunger Heroes food drop, so I'm assuming that Aldi controls the parking lot in front of their store. So how long is that carnival supposed to be there? Because the weather's supposed to be awful the whole rest of this week yeah, anyway. It'll be there through the 7th, so that's what, Sunday? I guess. Yeah. So what does it go, two weeks? Uh, 11 days is the run. And it's been horrible weather. Have they been going there? So Saturday it was open uh, when I was there. Uh, even though there was a little bit of a rain coming down, it wasn't too serious. Yesterday they closed for the day. And people were going on the rides with that bad weather? On well, on Saturday again, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. So it was closed yesterday. I don't know if it'll be open today because of the wind. The wind is a is a factor too with rides like that. So the at least some of the rides might be closed. Um, and then I don't know, you know, what'll happen the rest of the week. It'll probably be touch and go depending on how severe the the weather might be at any particular moment. And it's so expensive, you know. When we were young, we were we went to um, Lincoln Park, but um, my father wouldn't let us go on those. Any one of them carnival rides like that because they put them up so quick, he he thought they were dangerous. So I mean, I've heard that har- I've heard that argument my whole life, and I can tell you, I've gone to carnivals my whole life. I went to the Brockton Fair every year as a kid, and you know that that's always a complaint. But these folks that set these things up, they they do it all the time. They know what they're doing, and most of the rides are already set up. A lot of the times, it's just you know they take they they rise them off the back of a truck. And they're all kind of put together in one piece. So it's not nearly as, as, as dangerous as people think that it is. Well, anyway, it's very expensive, I heard, too. I don't know. I think I, I'm just totally against against all of them anyway. But then you sound like an old biddy. Well, I paid $2 to get in just to walk around. <laughs> uh, and um, <laughs> Around in the corner there? Yep, just to, just to walk around inside. So it's all gated off. And just to walk around the inside of it was... Uh, Two dollars, and then I'm trying to bring up the photo because I deleted them all off my phone for space. But I'm trying to bring up the photo in the in the um, story where I have a list of what it costs for all of the the rides. And and again, they have wristband specials and all that, so that you can you know you can go there and you can pay one price and ride the rides. But the um, the let me pull it up here. And it looks like it's all jammed in there because I was at J.C. Penney yesterday. I mean, the, the rides are just as close together as as you would expect at, at most other carnivals. But let me um, 
let me see if I can bring up this last photo here that had the prices because it, it, it shocked me what they were charging for these. So a credit is, I'm trying to look at this, but the, the photo is kind of small. While you're, do, while you're doing that, listen, why don't they go in that uh, parking lot where Bed Bath & Beyond just closed up in that corner? There's a store there now, too. There's, Liz, what's that? The Skechers store is over there, and then also they have there's neighbors on that side as well. So that would be this that would be just as much of a problem. So looking at this, it's twenty. I'm sorry, thirty three tickets for five dollars, one hundred and twenty seven of the credits, not tickets. One hundred and twenty seven, one hundred and thirty seven credits for twenty dollars. So it's seven hundred and twenty one credits for a hundred dollars is the the top thing that you can buy, and most of those rides are thirty to forty five credits per ride. So it's costing you over five dollars to uh, to ride each ride. Yeah, that's crazy. So and 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 again, there's probably six or eight like real thrill rides there that people would want to ride. So you know, you times that by forty. You know, you're 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 dealing with a pretty good chunk of change to to go there and ride those rides. It's not to mention where you're going to spend playing the games too. And that's how much it is at the feast too. So I wonder what they pay to put that carnival in that corner. I don't know. I don't know uh, what they pay for the rent on it, or if they if they share a cut with the with the person who's who owns the property. I don't know how they handle it. Because you can't talk to the person that runs it, right? You because those are all workers, right? No, no, no. I, I emailed the owner of Fiesta Shows directly. Oh, that's what it's called. Yeah. So they've been putting on carnivals and fairs around here for a long time. There's Fiesta. There's Reithoffer. Uh, there was one other one too that I can't remember, but these, you know, Fiesta is one of the big ones that, uh, this obviously isn't one of their biggest layouts. They have a couple of other carnivals running at the same time, but they own multiple rides and they just go and they set up shop and, and bring in what they have the space for. Who does the feast? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the name of, I don't know if it was Fiesta or Reithhofer that does the feast. Oh, all right, Tim. I'll be listening. I'll have to look it you. Up. Have a good day. You as well. Bye-bye. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, and I know, I can't remember which one does the, the Whaling City Festival either. But there's, again, there's different companies. So uh, it's been something that's been ongoing for a long time. When I was a kid, I knew a lot more about it because, like, like I said, I grew up going to the Brockton Fair, grew up going to the Marshfield Fair, went to all the carnivals that were around because... You know, we couldn't afford to go to um, oh Rockwell Amusement. Somebody sent me was the is the other one I was trying to think of. So I would go to all of these because we couldn't afford to go to amusement parks. Or if we did go to amusement parks, it was you know a bit of a drive for us. Yeah, you could go to Rocky Point. You could go to um, Lincoln Park when that was open. Although that closed pretty pretty young in my life. And you could go out to Whalen Park and Riverside Park. But you know, we would go to Six Flags in New Jersey because there wasn't one in New England back then. So it's uh, it certainly is, um, it certainly is a change in the way that it used to be back then. But I'm sure whatever the whatever the setup is, whatever the plan is, whatever the uh, the the methodology they use hasn't probably changed in a hundred years. You know, the idea of these shows traveling around and making money, and it's the same thing. It's the same thing that would happen with a circus. They have a circuit where they would follow through, and they know that this time of year we're going to be here, and this time of year we're going to be there, so that they're always in operation and always on the road. i got to take a break. We'll take a break, and uh, when we come back on the other side, we'll take more of your phone calls, 508-996-0500. Back to the talk with you at 508-996-0500. You're next on W. Oh, hey. 
I hate when you yell at me like that. All right, well, the phone lines are open if you want to call in and chime in, 508-996-0500, or you can send us app, app chat messages on the WBSM app. And, you know, I, I don't want to get into all the complaints that people have about the carnival itself because I think those complaints are going to happen every year no matter what. People are always going to complain that it's it's so expensive. It costs so much to get in. Why does it cost so much to get in? Why why are there so many why aren't there enough rides? Why does it cost so much to ride the rides? We get those complaints every time something like this happens. Right? You could have you could have something like, you know, 1990s pricing for for one day only. You can come down here and you can get uh unlimited rides all day for 20 bucks and free admission and free parking and people would complain, "Oh, they only did that one time." Like, listen, these things are here to make money. They have to make back some of the cost of what it costs. And obviously people are going there and paying it. Because when I was there Saturday, even though it was raining, there were a bunch of people riding rides. There were lines to ride some of those rides. So I think the biggest line I saw was for the Roundup. The Roundup was the longest ride. You know what that is? That's the thing where it's like a circle and you stand there. And they, you reach in your own like little individual cage, and then it starts spinning around, and then it goes up on its side as you're spinning around. One of my favorite rides, but that was the longest ride that I saw, the longest line that I saw. The lines for the Ferris wheel and the, um, I don't know what they call it here, but the the ring and the zipper and the salt and pepper shakers. Again, I'm using like old school names for these things, but those lines weren't too too long. Uh, but you know what I didn't see a lot of? There wasn't a lot of kiddie rides. I saw like maybe three or four things that kids could ride. The carousel, they have the school bus that goes up in the air. Uh, I saw the, uh, was it dragons or hippos or something that you could ride in, like teacup rides. Like there wasn't a lot of stuff for kids. But, you know, there was a lot of kids there having a good time. 508-996-0500, you're next on WBSM. Yeah, good morning, Tim. How are you? Ah, oh, doing all right. Hanging in there. I know you're talking about parks, but I want to talk about affordable housing in the city. Okay. You know, especially, I mean, different type of community housing. I was watching uh, cable access, uh, and they, were, they, were, they presented this in front of the uh, city council. Community housing, affordable, low-risk housing. And one thing that I find really stunning is these uh, developers of the apartments and that theater there, the old theater off of Route 18, uh, they're going to use uh, taxpayer money. Now you got all these these developers. Why can't they use their own money and go to the bank like everybody else and take out a loan? Why is it the taxpayer have to always be on, on the dime for all of the, these projects? Because if they did that, they probably wouldn't be picking those locations. They, they pick those locations because they get the tax benefits of building there. Uh, well, then that's not tax benefits. They get money. They get money. Uh, nonprofit organizations. Uh, can you find out how you much just, money? You, this- first, first of all, you just have a, 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 a you just have a, a bug in your cap about nonprofits. You really you really don't like nonprofit organizations. I want to know how much the city's putting out in money for nonprofits and how much we, we how much money where we have to take care so, of roads and sidewalks. And lights, well, three, and lighting in the city. Three million dollars went into winning. roads this year. So the so here's the thing: they come in, they get those tax benefits to build in those locations that would otherwise just sit vacant, and then those locations start bringing tax revenue back into the city. This is not tax benefits. This is taxpayer dollars from uh, that are going to, into these projects to start, and then for many, 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 many years after that, they will be paying property taxes by having people live in those buildings. 
It's an incentive to get them to come that, and build. You, it's not. It's you know not, how much you know how much money there is in the in the uh, for roads and infrastructure in the city. The mayor said three million. Three million dollars in this year's bu- in this year's budget. Right, right. But you got you got two million dollars for affordable housing. You got six million dollars for the Zaytarian Theater. You got about sixty-two million dollars in opera funny. Um, I'm sorry, money, the fund, and uh, that's uh, you know state, the, the county. Uh, we ne- we never have the money for what we need, but we always got money to give out to nonprofits. You know, it's for a long time. That's why the city is crumbling. We don't take care of those things that we have. But we always find money for the Willie Museum, the Citerian, and we'd have money for no for the roads, sidewalks, lights, and all the things. Things that, that do need. bring in people to the city to spend money. Uh, what people? What people? I want. I want. Uh, I want to know how many people come to the city. Uh, every year to the Whaling Museum. Uh, as, uh, so go, uh, if you call the Whaling Museum, they can tell you what their attendance was for the last year. Yeah, I, I think uh, tourism is, is overrated as far as I'm concerned. But we, we need to take care of, of the everyday things in the city and not let it go to neglect. Mm-hmm. You know, when all the okay. city councils pat themselves on the back and say they're doing a great job, they, don't, they haven't done enough. All right. Well, I'm going to hold you there because i got to take a all break. Right, Thank you for the call. Uh, have a good day, and uh, we will take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. And welcome back in. Hey, just really quickly, uh, if you are somebody, maybe maybe your windows are getting rattled by the carnival next to you and you need to get them replaced, or maybe you live somewhere else and you need to have your windows replaced, call Precision Window and Kitchen because they can do that for you. But they're not just about windows. They're not just about kitchen and bath remodels. They're not just about replacing your doors. They also will do roofs. And that's something that I know a lot of people need this time of year. They will also do uh, vinyl siding. Maybe you want to update the outside appearance of your home. Maybe you want to make it a little bit easier to be able to just get out there and power wash it. Because you're looking at your house now after all the muck of the winter and you're saying, oh, it's going to be such a pain to get this cleaned. Well, if you had vinyl siding, it's as simple as just taking out the hose. It really is. So they can do all of that for you and more. And you know what's great about them is they don't have to call around and get all the stuff that they need to do it. They don't need to wait for parts to come in. They've got so much stuff right on hand all the time. They have that showroom on Christian Avenue. You have no idea how big that space is. You see the showroom, but the rest of the space behind it is just filled with stuff that they can use to refurbish and rebeautify your home. It's it's as simple as just giving them a call or checking them out online. PrecisionWindowAndKitchen.com. You, uh, you put in some time to take a look at what they have there. You stop by their showroom. You see what they have. They will set, up you, they will set you up with something that will make your home the talk of the neighborhood. Or they'll just fix a busted screen. Whatever you need them to do, they can do it. Check them out again. PrecisionWindowAndKitchen.com. PrecisionWindowAndKitchen.com. So we are going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we'll be turning on the light with Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. We'll be talking about a lot of different things. But I did get an app chat message and an email related to the con- Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.